kind of outage. I don't know what it was, yeah. but it affected it affected everybody. It wasn't just us. So well, when we tried to go live, yeah, there was a there was an outage. Exactly. Well, this one has to do with the topic of the virtual, shall we call it, summit <laughs> or the imaginary <laughs> yeah. summit between uh, uh, President Biden and President Xi uh, yesterday for the phone call. A very, very important. A lot of hypes were going over that. I am personally not surprised at all. I tweeted on it on Monday, as a matter of fact, morning, early morning, mm -hmm. that Hey guys, don't expect much from this call. It will be nothing but an exchange of accusations. And that's exactly what happened. Because, that's exactly what yeah, happened. because you will be thinking in terms of, well, if it was that important, they would have talked about trade, right? We still have tariffs on, on China. Yeah. We're still seeing prices here in the US going up. You know, they would have talked about this one. Instead, they were right. They started with, uh, as a matter of fact, uh, I might share just with you guys, all of you. Uh, it started with one particular aspect of it. And this has to do with a warning mm. from the US to China of any unilateral attempt to change Taiwan's status. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So in return, in return, President Xi warned <laughs> Biden against, and I quote here, playing with fire by intervening in taiwan and that tells you what right there it tells you that this call was basically about taiwan that that's the bottom line to it regardless yeah. of the other issues that we deal with especially the economic aspects taiwan seems to take the top priority from both the us and china so i want to I, I i really appreciate that you brought that up because one of the things that I want to talk about is, you know, in during this call, one of mm -hmm. the things that Biden did is he he reaffirmed the one China policy, right? Policy, yeah. yeah, it's something that he said, this is what we believe, this is what we think. But um, when he was asked during the town hall meeting, whether, let's see exactly what this is so he was asked and this is in october this isn't you know this isn't a very long time ago this is really recent so mm -hmm. uh cnn host anderson cooper uh asked biden whether um we committed to defending taiwan if china invaded mm -hmm. and he and biden said yes we have committed to do that yeah which right there, it gives you two contradictory statements. Mm -hmm. And this is very yeah. problematic for one reason and one reason only is the credibility of the United States. You yeah. cannot say one thing and do another. The official policy that has been since the 70s that the, the United States will recognize one China policy with two systems. You know, Taiwan is under China, you know. And the United States and China signed a document indicating that the United States will not interfere into the domestic issues of China. Taiwan is part of China, and all of a sudden, uh, and this is where a lot of a lot of a lot of countries, not just China, start to kind of wonder about the U.S. credibility. You can't be saying one time, "Oh, we recognize China one policy." On the other stage or other platform, whatever that might be, you'll be saying, well, we we're going to come to uh, Taiwan's defense. That just 
that's that's just contradictory well, and and recently there was a breaking story about the fact that the us had sent special forces or special operations into taiwan and yeah, that's those, recent also yeah those ones but the special ops they've been there for almost a year usually exactly. the way it works as a former military myself uh, when it comes down to the deployment of special ops those are will not be disclosed usually the president will have to be aware of some members of congress will have to be aware of because the president will have to sign off uh, on, on that particular up or whatever you want to call it so they've been there for a while but the question is yeah. was always has been the united states knows where the red line is as far as not yeah. intervening you know and this to me personally as a geopolitical analyst if i am to analyze this phone call that it focuses only on taiwan it highlights to me right there where the core issue is regardless of the trade uh, issues regardless of tariffs regardless whatever else taiwan is the strategic issue that both countries have this also highlights one another key points which means what it means that the united states is not in possession anymore to dictate to china what to do and not to do and that has one significance only that's the shifting of the geopolitical like the seats at the geopolitical table have already been rearranged no yes. more the united states sits at the head of the table geopolitically yes. speaking so just for our viewers to understand this within the context of a global political global geopolitical landscape this call reaffirm the shift mm -hmm. into the geopolitical landscape so it, it's no more than the, the united states can come with that aggressiveness addressing this is why when biden started the phone call with warning uh, china about taiwan president xi didn't hold back he warned mm -hmm. he fired back by saying you know what well, we warn you also not to and i quote play with fire because if you play with fire what happens you get burned <laughs> yes and it did so. it felt very much like uh president xi was uh -huh. talk he was he was making a play for equality right so no longer were was there a fear of the united states but it felt more that they were on an equal footing exactly and, and that that's what the new position of china is is that china in its own way is very much on an equal footing in a lot of ways and i want to bring up some of the requests that president biden made during mm -hmm. the call so mm -hmm. one of them which is something you and i talked about before this is uh -huh. that president biden asked china to release its oil reserves to oh my gosh the united states which is uh that's a very interesting ask don't you think well it's very interesting one but so a uh, second is also degrading <laughs> you are insulting yeah. someone else but yet asking them for help it just doesn't make any sense you know how come yeah. we go about that aggressiveness toward china and turn around and say hey china can you help us out you know and second thing is why are we asking china for help with the strategic oil when we have our own and this is again we did a video on this i'm sure our viewers remember that one in which we argue that this is the problem in america regarding the energy because we are being held hostage to the saudis so we can depend on their oil rather than using our own yes. so for the united states to go and ask china 
it's really it's really pathetic i'll use the term <laughs> well and china only has i think 40 to 60 days worth of oil reserve whereas the united states we have 90 days worth of oil reserve and ultimately, that doesn't necessarily solve some of the problems, even if we release the oil reserve, that that sort of buys us a little bit of time. But how much is that really going to affect the price of oil? Exactly. Well, it is going to be. Uh, I don't see uh, any let up on the prices right now. That's a sad reality, but it is what it is. That's how it's going to be. Uh, there is another interesting point I'd like to talk about uh, during this phone call uh, between uh, President Xi and President Biden. That has to do with, uh, it was a conversation about agreeing on some other issues to address or talk about. But one of them that caught my attention, I took a look at the transcript of the call. One of them that caught my attention has to do with three countries, North Korea, Afghanistan, and Iran. Mm, so, yes. well, what do all those have in common? <laughs> Uh, China is interested in all three. Yes. North Korea, of course, we yes. all know. It's without without China's support, North Korea will not sort of will disintegrate even further. So mm -hmm. China is supporting North Korea. Uh, for Afghanistan, we all remember the visit of the uh, delegation from the government in Afghanistan, the recent one, to China, where they were welcomed with a global stage. Okay, and with Iran, we all know the deal. Uh, as uh, our guest, uh, I'm sure our viewers remember Dr. Parsi, Trita Parsi, yeah. when he talked about uh, this deal between China and Iran. Well, Iran, of course, it's a major uh, power in the Middle East. We all know mm -hmm. the influence and all that. And China's uh, rapprochement with Iran or partnership, whatever you want to call it, is sort of reflecting on the diminishing and the the, the decrease of the U.S. global prestige, I would say. So I found it very interesting that yes. President Biden had to focus on those three countries. So that was a very, very, very interesting. But the bottom line to all this, while we want our viewers to really get out of this uh, 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 breaking news here, is that the phone call, as, as anticipated as he was, it didn't amount to much. It didn't. Um, and it didn't. I, it didn't. And another thing that I wanted to bring up was, you know, there the recently and we did a show on this uh, about yeah. the Pentagon and uh -huh. what the Pentagon said about China amassing these nuclear nuclear weapons and having them having that grow. Right. So it mm -hmm. was growing from uh over 700 nuclear warheads by 2027 and would likely seek to produce over a thousand warheads by 2030. so i wanted to bring that up because the conversation between biden and c was huh? uh amounted to almost nothing or or nothing in this regard so really it was uh we're talking about beginning to talk about to begin to talk about the exactly. nuclear situation so so, so the phone call was to talk about what we're going to be talking about or what right. we like to talk right. about, which we all know what it means or where it will end. This issue of which, by the way, we released a video on it uh, a few days ago, two days ago, whatever, about yeah, this nuclear, yeah. it has to do with the report from the Pentagon. Yes, the Pentagon is inflating this issue of uh, China's nuclear uh, growth and so forth. Well, common sense, pragmatically speaking, how can you be talking about a country that might have 700 nuclear warheads or even a thousand when you have 
5,515 nuclear right. warheads. It just, right. it tells you right there where the priorities is. Here is what I found very, very interesting about not only this issue, but also has to do with uh, uh, what, what Europe is thinking in terms of the United States conflict with China. Well, what they are thinking is there is the possibility that Europe might not, might not, and I repeat this, might not be uh, uh, expected to perform with America in case there is a conflict with China because yeah. Europeans did not want to put themselves between the two giants per se. So and I, right there it tells you where the European thinking is. They are also moving towards shifting away from the dependence on the U.S. Which that, now, after you know, looking at the 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 situation that China is in, you know, uh -huh. and and even in that even in that call at the very beginning, if you listen to what they were saying, President Xi talked about win-win business situations. Exactly, and we talk about that all the time on this on this show. The that China has really reached out in a business context. China has really set themselves up by investing in other countries. And, you know, China is not perfect. And we want to make that clear every single of course. time we talk like this yeah. is that China is absolutely not perfect, but that they are reaching out in an economic way instead of the US, which tends to reach out in a military way. And ultimately, you know, that's bred more trust in some ways in China than it has in the US, which mm -hmm. is talking out of one side of the mouth and then doing something completely different. And I think as I think overarchingly, if you look at the uh, the rates of approval for both our president and vice president and the government as a whole, you know, people yeah. don't trust the United States government, even here in the United States, even we don't trust our own government. So how is anyone around the world supposed to trust the US when over and over and over again, especially the last two years, all of these promises have been made that have months later, not even years later, yeah. But months later have been the absolute opposite has happened. And you have to think, you have to wonder, did they really mean it when they said it? Or did they know they weren't telling the truth at the time? Yeah. Well, you know, when it comes down to American politicians, I won't trust them because I know that all this say it's nothing but a consumption of ink. For me yeah. personally, and this is my personal opinion, uh, as a global affair watchers, I watch what's going on around the globe to understand the dynamics. This, again, uh, uh, this phone call, just to go back to this point of the phone call, it highlights literally that shift that that already, that train has already left the station. Yes, you know? I agree. What Washington is having a hard time with is accepting this reality. This is the core yeah. of where the US stands right now. We are not, we American, when I say Americans, I mean the government, not the people. People might not even have any idea what's going on because they are busy with, you know, do I have something to eat for dinner tonight or not? Right. They're not going to care about, you know, uh, the U.S. is holding talks with China, whatever. It's the politicians, you know. The idea of thinking in terms of uh, what does it mean? Well, it means that the world is already shifting and we need to get on with it and figure out a way how to cooperate with other countries, work closer with other countries, if we are to prosper as well. 
Yes. Know, otherwise, we're gonna this tit for tat. And and what I can what I warn against, what I warn against is this tit for tat. When it comes down to Taiwan, it will be very devastating if the United States makes the wrong calculations. You know, I do know yeah. for a fact that's based on the research that I've conducted over the years. I do know for a fact that China has a red line and Taiwan mm -hmm. is its red line. Mm -hmm. If that red line is crossed, it will be no going back. And that will be very devastating for all parties. You know, David, um, can you speak to you for a moment? Because this is this is something, uh, you know, that that comes up quite a lot. And mm -hmm. that is, you know, what what do you really feel is the U.S.'s agenda with Taiwan? Well, basically, the, the, they wanted to keep an area where that will be the source of uh, sort of pushing for weapons manufacture, for, uh, you know, feeding the beast, as we always mm -hmm. say in Washington. So basically, you have to have you have to have a contentious area of the world that can justify yes. the U.S. presence and all that. I mean, enough of that. As Americans, it is time to say enough is enough. We've been saying this forever. Yes. Till Americans wake up, nothing's going to change. And, you know, and, 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 and one of the things that I wanted to bring up about this call was the human rights. So Tibet was brought up yeah. um, and, and some of the uh, Hong Kong... Um, it was brought up and what she said was was very impactful to me he uh he said using human rights to interfere in internal affairs of other countries that that's what the us was basically trying to do while talking yeah. about human rights and you know if you look at the world the united states is not stepping in in human rights situations that don't have some other type of agenda and yeah. I think that's un I think I think that's unfortunate because I don't think people need to suffer around the world. I think that that's a exactly. really big yeah. problem. But the U.S. doesn't tend to do that, and so I feel like Biden was actually being called out on using human rights for other agendas when that's yeah. not really what's going on. Exactly. Well, you look at it no further than in Yemen. You know, mm -hmm. uh, a country yeah. I'm a little bit familiar with because I've been there on the ground. You know, why aren't we talking about human rights abuses in Yemen by the Saudis and the United Arab Emirates that we provide them weapons with? Okay, right. in fact, that we, just happened. Yeah, yeah. That why aren't just we talking? Happened. Yeah, why aren't we talking about, for example, in in Tigray, in in uh, Ethiopia right now, with the war that is breaking out and war crimes being committed? So where is the United States in this? How about Sudan with all the demonstrations? And people are dying because the government is using live, sometimes deadly force. How about in Iraq? How about, you know, you can't be cherry picking exactly what serves your agenda. Yes. And we all know, because we did a video on this, we did a break in when AP, the Associate Press, uh, press recognized that the statements they've been saying about Xinjiang, Xinjiang, yeah. you know, weren't true. Yes. Yeah, we yeah, did this and, one. So, and that was fairly recent, also. And exactly. so, it, it is really, and you know, we we stopped talking about Afghanistan, but Afghanistan, I feel, was one of the biggest 
tragedies in in human rights tragedies in so many ways yeah. uh including when we left exactly and, and yeah. where was the priority there yeah. where was the priority for the people for yeah. the people that that we left behind you know our yeah. fellow countrymen as well that we left behind where was the priority there to take care of human rights exactly and, and if i may share this with our viewers as a sad story i did find out i did find out that some families in some tribal areas in afghanistan they are selling their kids mm. so they can meet and meet yes that's how sad that is when i came across and i knew this for yeah. fact this is not some hypes or some it is for fact they sell in their kids so they can have something to eat afghanistan once again i had a chance to be there on the ground way back i used to go out i used to see with my own eyes i speak a little bit dirty so you kind of communicate with the, the locals to understand and the massive amount of poverty in that country yes you know the, those guys lives in the huts there's not even a house or a place or apartment they, they don't have it they have huts in in the countryside and those families are selling their kids so if we are to talk about human rights let's be fair and talk about everybody you don't just well, yeah. cherry pick on this or that exactly and and human rights that you know the united states arguably in some ways led yeah. to exactly yeah um, so, well we yes. wanted to just share this with our viewers i have to go because i have to teach so i have a class at the university that i have to get to uh, we want our viewers just to share with them. Uh, we are working on one particular story that we're gonna uh, talk about later on this afternoon. We wanna verify some information and we're gonna get back on one breaking news today about this particular story. So we don't wanna say anything right now till this afternoon and we're gonna do it. So uh, also, uh, I, yeah, go our ahead. Our membership. <laughs> yeah, well, I was gonna, I'll let you talk about that, but I wanna talk okay. about one more thing for our viewers is, we look forward to seeing you guys this coming Friday for our live stream. We missed yes. you all last week and we look forward to it. So, yeah, what can you say about the membership? Well, what I wanted to say about the membership is that we also have a members presentation this Friday. So after the public live stream, we are doing a presentation on uh, on the relationship between Vladimir Putin and China so yeah. david and yeah. ross are going to be doing that presentation for our members so if you're interested in checking it out our website is geopoliticsinconflict.com exactly and also uh yeah. i am on twitter i'm on there twitter you are. now so uh, make sure yeah to everybody meeting. yeah make sure you follow elizabeth on twitter follow us on twitter instagram and TikTok. so those three uh, because as we always say guys because we wanted to grow this channel and we need we need subscribers we need your help with all this so please do your part and help us out so and we, we look do. forward and yeah go yes. ahead i go i ahead, don't know something is going on with the algorithm so if you guys have not subscribed if you could please subscribe it would help us out enormously getting yeah. the reach out yeah we certainly thank you all for this so we appreciate your support we look forward to seeing you next time on breaking news but also as a reminder we will be having a live stream on friday at 1100 hours so so as always stay informed till next time bye bye